Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Matthew chapter 22, verse 23. When you found it, shout amen. The same day came to him the Sadducees which say that there is no resurrection and ask him saying, Master, Moses said if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren and the first when he had married a wife deceased and having no issue left his wife unto his brother. Likewise the second also and the third unto the seventh and last of all the woman died also. Therefore in the resurrection, now remember they're asking him a question about something they don't believe in. Therefore in the resurrection whose wife shall she be of the seven for they all had her. Jesus answered and said unto them, ye do err. Here's why. Not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven, but as touching the resurrection of the dead. Have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Father, I love you. Thank you for this night, this day, this time, this opportunity, another time behind the desk. I pray, God, you'd use me, preach me like a dying man to dying people. Here I am one more time, God. Praise the name of God. Help me stand. Fill my mouth. Guard my tongue. Preach me, God, for the glory of my King. Glory to God. When you're through with me, call me home. Lord, I'm a little homesick even now. Touch this place for your glory. Save the lost one here today, God. I believe you gave me this message for this time to this congregation. Lord, for your purpose and your plan. And we praise you for all you do. We ask it in the King's name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. And amen. I'm hung on this title, An Unnecessary Death. An unnecessary death. Now, we covered last week, or uh, Brother Jeff said, I've been on this for two weeks already. Well, here I am. Week three, I'm still here on an unnecessary death. But we covered this last week on a natural death. I'm going to touch that just a moment, if I may. For a natural death, we know this, Hebrews 9, 27. What does that say, church? You know what that says. It is what? Under man once to die, and after this, the judgment. A plus, Brother Gordon touched that in Sunday school. I told Gabe I was just going to get up here and say, ditto, he preached my message in Sunday school this morning, and I'm glad for that confirmation. And it's a time to die, one time death. Lest the Lord Christ come today, and if the Lord Christ come today, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him there to meet the Lord, or in the, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm looking for that time. When is that? I'm not sure, but I know it's going to happen. So we have it a time to die, but then there's some in the natural realm, too soon they die. 
They die an unnecessary death in the natural. Even though we have an appointed time to die, they die too soon. Let's use an Old Testament example if I may. Samson died an unnecessary death. Samson began, he began to play with sin. Samson began to entertain sin. He went into the house of the harlot. He was entertaining sin. And when you entertain sin, I'm telling you, friend, it'll pitch its tent and camp out. Next thing you know, you're where you never thought you'd be. Things are doing, you're doing things or thinking things or saying things you never thought you'd say. Even things that you might have rebuked some years back, all of a sudden, you're wrapped up right in the middle of it. Samson is God's man, God's judge, with God's power on him. He began to entertain sin in the home of a harlot, and he's headed downhill. You know what's going to happen? He's going to die an unnecessary death. Christian, you've been saved 50 years, and you don't think God will take you out earlier than he intended for you to stay? You're mistaken. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he does. That's why he came. He is the enemy of God. He's the enemy of God's people. Are we understanding this? Samson began to entertain and in the home, but when it got in his heart. Delilah says he showed me all his heart. Oh, it's a, listen, it's a far cry to be in the house. It's another thing when it gets in the heart. When it gets in the heart, friend, death is on your door. And the enemy caught him and put his eyes out. And he had to die. He had to die. And he died an unnecessary death. He died too early. He died too early. First John 5, 16 says this. There is a sin unto death. And John said, I say that you don't pray for it. I said, you pray not for that sin under death. What's that thing? That's that thing that'll kill you. He's talking to Christians right there. That letter's to the saved, my brethren. You know what he said? Hey, you see them sinning that thing under death? Don't even pray for them. My goodness. Kind of rough, ain't it? You think God's playing? He doesn't play. God doesn't play. He's serious in what he does. 1 Corinthians chapter number 5. You'll find this. You'll find a guy that's committed fornication with his father's wife. It wasn't his mother. It was his father's wife. Paul said, I can't believe this has been reported among you. Now, now this is somebody with apostolic authority. People don't have that today. You understand that? God used the apostles to set up the church and establish it. Somebody calls themselves an apostle today. Run away from them. I'm giving you good preaching right here. You're not acting like it, but I am. If they, the apostle, the time of apostolic authority has disappeared. Now, we still can pray. God still heals. I believe in that. We practice it here, anointing with oil all the time. And, and God does his thing, what he does. All we are are the prayers. And Paul said, I'm going to turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. That the spirit might be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what he died, Irvin? An unnecessary death. Now, that's as far as I'm going on the natural. That's in the natural world. What I'm concerned about today is spiritual death. More correctly, Brother Richard, the spiritually dead. 
the spiritually dead. Now, Genesis 2.17, I was going to, I'll tell you. Here's what he said. In, in verse 16 of Genesis 2, he said, uh, said of, the knowledge, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can't eat of it. For in the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. We know that very soon after that, I think Brother Wade might have touched this in Sunday school this morning. Very soon after that, what happened? They took of the fruit. They call it an apple. Bible don't say. What was it? I don't know. I know there was a tree that had fruit. It was the knowledge of good and evil. When you eat that, it opened up your eyes. Their eyes were open. They knew they were naked before God. In other words, the glory was gone. It had departed. It was gone. And and the moment that they done it, and, and the Lord said that when you eat thereof, you shall surely die. But they didn't die right then. It took Adam 900 something years to die after that. So what was God referring to? That when you eat that, you'll die. He's speaking of spiritual death, Brother Kev. Spiritually dead. Dead spiritually. Now, Adam, in that fall, passed that on to everybody in this room. Everybody could hear my voice. Every man, woman, boy, girl, born on the face of the earth from that time even unto now. You know what we are? Shaping in iniquity. In sin did my mother. I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. It wasn't the fact that his mom and daddy, uh, that she became pregnant with child because they were married. It was this fact that they were flesh. And they had a spiritual problem. Stay with me just a few minutes. So we know this in Isaiah. I'm going to read you something. Don't turn here. You can find it. You can find I want you to, I'm going to read this to you so I won't leave any of it out. You'll find this in Matthew. You'll also find uh, uh, similarly, but a little different reading in Luke, but it's the same, referring to the same verse. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. Now that light, who would you think that light is? Jesus, amen. Thank you, Jim. That they, they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. Now, in order to have a shadow, you have to have an object. Would you agree with that? So, they're setting, and there's an object that's creating a shadow that is upon them, and that object is this, it is death, and they're spiritually dead. Isaiah chapter 9, you'll find that, that they are spiritually dead. The light was there. The light was shining on them. The light of the world came unto them. When this prophecy is fulfilled, find it in Matthew and Luke. Were two witnesses right there. Three actually. When you get the three witnesses of one scripture. Take her to the bank my friend. No scriptures of any private interpretation. You can't lift one verse. And build a denomination on it. If it is it's a train wreck. It better have three witnesses to that. Ephesians 2 and 1 says this. You hath he quickened. What does the word quicken mean? Made alive. You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now they're walking around. They're walking around, Gabe. They're doing their thing. Some of them's going to, listen, some of them's going to synagogue. Some of them's doing this. They're doing that. They're taking, uh, 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 making sacrifice all for naught. You know what? They're spiritually dead. You know what you are here this morning if you've never been born again. 
friend. Never. Never. If that experience, if that experience is it burned in your soul that you, there's not a doubt in your mind about it, that something has happened, you're spiritually dead. And Brother Gordon said it in Sunday school class, God didn't mean for us to die twice. If, if, if the spiritual dead die twice, it's an unnecessary death. Spiritually dead. Is that you this morning? Let's just, let's, here's what God, I mean the Holy Ghost, impressed this on me. Just a couple of things. Number one, evidence of spiritual deadness. You don't have to die. If you die in that, it's an unnecessary death. But the evidence is this. Number one, no desire. No desire for what? No desire for the things of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things be added unto you. Seek ye what first? The kingdom of God. Are you seeking the kingdom of God first? Is that the priority in your life? Paul said it like this in Romans 8, 5, and 6. For they that are after the flesh. Listen. They that are after the flesh are concerned about the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death. If Tennessee football, Alabama football, I'll say that for you too. Because he's the only Alabama fan in the building. Your golf clubs, your bass boat, even your family is your priority. Friend, we need a spiritual checkup. Priority, seek ye first. All other things excluded. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Listen, you know what? Multitudes and multitudes are in the valley of decision. They may go to church. They may be the best moral people you ever met in your life. And they judge us Christians by our, by our bad actions, and they say, well, I'm as good as they are. You are, with this exception, I got the blood on me, and if you're unsaved, you don't. Don't make me perfect. makes me forgiven. Friend, that you need to be forgiven. You need to be forgiven. You must be. Born again, Jesus said you must be. Not you ought to be, you should be, think about it. He said you must be born again. They that are carnally minded, listen, that means fleshly. Have no desire for the things of God. I mean, if it's anything, listen, it's not coincidence that the biggest sporting events of the year is on Sunday. That's not, that's not, that's not a coincidence. It, it's not coincidence that you can catch more fish on Sunday than any day of the week. You can kill the biggest buck. You'll shoot the best golf score you've ever done in your life on Sunday morning. Everything on Sunday morning, I'm telling you, the devil will blow on the ball and put it in the hole. So that's crazy stuff, preacher. You're battling against fle- not against flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers. It's things that you can't even see. That's why things, that's why things train wreck on us when we set our mind on church and Christ and the kingdom because we're in a war. Could I ask you a question this morning? What is your primary desire? 
is it to feel the presence of God? I begged him last night before I went to bed. I begged him this morning when I woke up. I begged him through the night. I got up once last night. I begged him. You know what I begged him for? I begged him for this. I begged him for his very presence in the house of God today. I just want to be with him. He showed up in the prayer room. <laughs> Glory to God. I mean, for anything ever, before we ever done anything in the service today, anything transpired, we're in the prayer room this morning before church. Praise God. Thank you, men, for coming, caring enough about the service to come early and pray. Thank you. Thank you. What's the desire? If there's none, if it's all flesh, no spiritual. Number one, number one is no desire. But number two, here, here, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't wonder why people want to argue with us about why we do what we do. I don't do it like Ralph Reagan. Ralph doesn't do it like Mike McCoy. God bless Brother Ralph. God bless First Baptist Church. God bless Dripping Springs and Plateau Road Baptist Church. God bless these people, Liberty Baptist Church. God bless them. Hey, that are trying to do a work, bless Rennie Baptist Church. God bless them for trying to do a work for the Lord. Listen, and people say, well, I don't like it like that. And they make fun of you because we worship or we get loud or we do something. We don't do it the way they do it. If you want to see diversity, look at the disciples that Christ chose. You'll see a diverse group. They didn't do all of it. They preached the same message. No discernment. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. So if you're making fun of what we do, you might ought to be careful. Discernment would say, hey, listen, I preach in the church of God. I preach in the assembly of God going down to Perry, Georgia. Preach my friend Tim McLaughlin down there. You know what? They do what they do. I do what I do. Am I going to make fun of them? Say they don't understand? No way am I going to do that. I'm going in there and lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to preach about my king. I'm about to feel like preaching. I'm going to preach about the blood. I'm going to preach about a resurrection. I'm going to preach about seeing the family again one day. Praise God, I'm going to preach them the truth. And they can take it or not, but it's not up to me if they don't. But somebody with no discernment, neither can he receive them because they're spiritually discerned. And you know why this is crazy stuff to them? They don't understand, Dennis? It's got no discernment. How do we have discernment? If you have not the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. And the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's the only reason I know I'm saved today is by the Spirit of God. If it wasn't for Him, brother, I would never know if it wasn't for Him. Number one is the evidence. Number two is the effect. The spiritual deadness. Two things I'm done. Number one, 
in spiritual deadness, there's no promise. No promise. This is the promise. First John 2, 25, this is the promise that we what? That we have eternal life. This is the promise in Christ Jesus that we have eternal life. That's the promise. If you are in a place of spiritual deadness, you don't have that promise. You're living in dangerous territory. If we contrast that in John 3, 36, here's what Jesus said about it. He said, he said that the wrath of God abideth upon them. If you believe not in the Son, the wrath of God abides on them. I don't know about you, but I'll take promise over wrath any day. And say... And you may be here today and say, I just don't believe that. So I'm watching my, my guy. I watch him every Sunday morning. James A. McManus, he just, he's on when I'm getting ready. And I turn him up loud and listen to him preach. And if I ever go to Louisiana, Monroe, I'm going down to this guy's church. I just like him. He quit wearing a necktie to preach with. I still like him. And he said, when I got saved, I just went to see. That's all I done. I just went to see what's the big deal, what's going on, I went to see. He said, and they're singing, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. He said, what's a sheep? And he said, somebody's playing the organ. No, 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 no. It sounds like a funeral. I'm thinking, where's the coffin? I didn't come to get anything. I just came to see. And what they're doing, I'm thinking, this is awful. He said, and the old man of God said, would you come today? And he said, all of a sudden, something happened to me. And I found myself in an altar of prayer. I don't know who done it. Well, he does now, but he didn't then. I don't know why I got down there. He said, next thing I know, I'm down there saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I need to be saved. And he said, I just come to see. And the Holy Ghost came where he was and arrested him that day. Exceeding great. And precious promises. I have those today. You may promise me something. My wife, who is my closest friend and confidant and cares for me, I think far and exceeding more than she does herself. She's proved it too many times. But she might make me a promise, Tommy, that she can't keep. Something could prevent her from keeping that promise. But I got somebody. I got somebody that made me a promise. And they ain't nobody can keep him from keeping it. He made the promise. And I took him on the promise. Praise God. I found him faithful, Gordon. I found him, Brother Kevin, every time. Praise God. I've needed him. He's been there for me. 
no promise. And number two, no peace. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And it's through Jesus. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. Therefore, we have peace. I begin to review my family members that's left this world. And I've been with a lot of them that left. Or I got there just after they left. Or I saw them just before they left. And I'll tell you what I saw. I saw peace that Philippians said passes understanding. See, we have peace with God through faith, but we have the peace of God. Do you have that kind of peace today? So, do you have the kind of peace that when the doctor looks you in the eye and says, terminal, you can say, okay. I would use my cousin as an illustration. She's probably watching right now. See us if you're watching. We've talked, since she was given that diagnosis, we've talked a lot. And now she's on a transplant list, and miracles are happening, much like in the life of Paul. There's just things happening, and now she's on the list. Somebody's got to leave for her to live, but somebody's leaving whether she takes the gift or not. Do you understand that? But she said, you know, Mike, after we've talked, we've prayed, we've talked about it, she said, she said, I know this. It's going to be all right. The spiritual dead don't know that. They don't know that. They have, they have, they don't have that promise. They don't have that peace. They don't have the spirit of God. If you come this morning and ask Christ to forgive your sin, make you his. One, it'll, if the reason you, come, you won't come, if you come and earnestly do that, it'll be by faith. That's how we have it. Now, the grace is available. I say this often. Grace is water. It's by the grace of God. The devil hadn't, if you're unsaved, it's about the grace of God. The devil hadn't killed you. God's grace has protected you. Or the devil done snatched you out of here, you'd be in hell. It'd be a bad place. But we have that. We have that grace. Grace is the water, but faith puts you in the pool. 
Now, he gives us that measure of faith. He enact, we enact that faith that he gives us, Jimmy. And he gives us that faith, and we come, and by faith, we receive him, and we accept the promises. Do you understand all the Bible, Mike? No. No, if anybody tells me they do, I'm not listening to them. There's some things in there that left me scratching my head. I'll find out in the kingdom. But then it won't matter. It won't matter. Because when he shall appear, we shall A plus. You know what it says. And he'll put you in there. And we have it by faith. And he puts us in the body of Christ. And he gives us of his spirit. He said, in that day, speaking of Pentecost, in that day, he said, you shall know that I am in the Father and you in me. And I'm in you. Now go figure that one out. In that day, how, how do we know that? By the spirit, he's talking about the Holy Ghost there. That's how we know. Come to him. Preacher went to see an old man at his house. Well, he wasn't an old man. He's a family man. Went to see the man at his house. And said when he got there, the two boys was glued to the television set. Their favorite show was on. You couldn't blow them, budge them. They're staring at the two. The mama's fixing supper in the kitchen. And daddy's more concerned about when supper's ready than he is about the preacher talking to him about anything. He said, so I, I, I said, can I have a prayer with the family? Let's, can I pray here at the house? I'll have a prayer and I'll leave. There's anxious for him to pray and go. So he prayed and, and the Holy Ghost began to do his work. And he said, the, the man got up and followed him to the door. He said, I got out on the porch. He followed me to the porch. I walked to my car. He got to my car. He's followed me to my car. He said, I'm thinking he, he wants something. And he said, hey, preacher. And he said, he's looking over his shoulder to see if anybody can hear him. He said, I broke a commandment. The preacher said, this was not news to me. He said, you have? He said, I have. He said, I need to tell you about it. So he told him about what he'd done, and the preacher said, sure enough, it broke one. And the guy said, what about that? He said, well, let me tell you what the Bible says. The Bible said, if you broke one, you're guilty of all. He said, oh, no, what does that mean? He said, that means if you die, you're going to hell. He said, oh, this is getting worse. What did I do? I just broke a commandment. He said, here's what you do. You call on the one that come. That shed his blood. And paid your sin debt. Receive him as Savior. Trust him as Lord. And ask his forgiveness. And continue to do that. Because you, you're going to break other commandments. He said the man fell down there in the gravels and called on the Lord, got gloriously saved. He said he got up and the preacher said, did you receive the Lord? He said, I'm telling you what, I feel like a thousand pounds off of me. He said, uh, he said I, I just feel better. He said, that's what happens. Now you may feel bad later on, but your guilt, I'm telling you, that guilt conscience, that thing of that burden, that first burden, that's gone. He said, he said I started to get in the car. He said, oh, don't go in the car. He said, we need to go in here and tell the rest of them about this. 
He said, we went in the house. They discontinued supper. The boys had to turn the television off. He said, Daddy shared with them what the Lord had done. I told them they was all going to hell. He said, they, they believed it. He said, from what I thought was a disaster, turned into a family of four being saved when I pulled out of the driveway. You know why that happened? Because the Holy Ghost showed up. That's him. She's going to play something. You're going to stand to your feet. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.